1: Hello and welcome to the BBC History Magazine Christmas Podcast Quiz. I'm Dave Musgrove, editor of the magazine, and I'm joined by Rob Attar, the deputy editor. Hello. Now this is a festive break from our regular podcast fair of topical historical interviews. But do not fear, we'll be back in January with a return to the normal format when we'll be covering Viking attacks, prehistoric stone circles and Edwardian
2: fishing fleets. But before we get onto the quiz, if you're feeling Christmassy and want some history to back up your mood, the Christmas issue of BBC History magazine has got features on post-war Christmas in Europe, Victorian workhouses, a prize crossword and another festive quiz. Plus, if you're not feeling in the mood for Christmas, the issue also includes material on the Boston Tea Party, Catherine of Aragon and the settling of Australia. The magazine is on sale now in UK newsagents or you'll find a great subscription offer on our website at bbchistorymagazine.com and also on the website you'll find some historical features for the Christmas event and our regular Friday history quiz.
1: So, on to the podcast quiz. This year, our questions are on an A to Z theme, and the question setter is Justin Pollard, a regular contributor to the magazine, one of the question wranglers on BBC's QI TV series, and the author of several books, including Boffinology, just published by John Murray. So, this is just for fun. The way it's going to work is I'm going to read out the questions in blocks of five. Uh, We'll give you a moment to gather your thoughts, and then Rob will give you the answer. So off we go. First question. A. Which beverage, beginning with A, was known as Huffcap, Go By The Wall and The Mad Dog in Tudor England? B. Which B found himself caught up in free mutinies despite having a reputation as a lenient captain? C. C. Which famous author, beginning with C, said, An archaeologist is the best husband any woman can have. The older she gets, the more interested he is in her. D. Which scientist, D, left his eyes to science in the hope of discovering the reason for his color blindness. And E. Which E was King of England in the year 1000? So let's go back. So A, which beverage beginning with A was known as Huff Cap
2: Go By the Wall and the Mad Dog in Tudor England? Rob, what's the answer? That was ale, the most common drink at the time. Most ale was small, however, in other words, very weak. It was preferred over water as the production process involved boiling the water, making it relatively safe to drink. And B, which uh, was the lenient captain who got himself caught up in mutinies? Well, that was poor old Captain Bly, who was caught up in the Mutiny on the Bounty, the Norm Mutiny and the Rum Punch Rebellion. And that's despite having a record of being popular with his men and inflicting less serious punishment aboard ship than average in the Navy. And C, the
1: famous author who fought that archaeologists make good husbands.
2: The woman who said that was Agatha Christie, the best-selling named author of all time, equalling Shakespeare and only outsold by the Bible. In 1930, she married Max Malawan, having met him on an archaeological dig at Ur in Mesopotamia. And D, the gentleman who left his eyes to science. That gentleman was John Dalton, who was the first person to record that not everyone saw colours the same. Unable to prove why he could not see certain colours, he asked that his eyes be removed after his death and tested. In 1844, the year he died, the tests were inconclusive, but then in 1995, a sample of his eye tissue subjected to DNA testing showed he lacked mid-frequency cones in his retina. And E, the King of England in the year 1000. That king was Ethelred the Unready, who was king from 978 to 1013, and again from 1014 to 1016. His nickname, Unread, is usually translated into present-day English as the Unready, although actually it meant evil counsel or folly. Okay,
1: let's go on to the next block of five. So for F, what F did the fat director become after 1947? And G, which G was the 6th century British cleric who wrote The Ruin and Conquest of Britain? H, which literary H numbered Rudyard Kipling, J.M. Barrie, George Bernard Shaw, A.E. Houseman and John Galsworthy amongst the pallbearers at his funeral in 1928? I, which I is the title of the book in which the term Wars of the Roses is first used? And J, which J had the city of New York named after him? Right, so let's go back and we'll look at F. What F did the fat director become after 1947?
2: Rob. Following the nationalisation of the railways, the Reverend Wilbert Vere Audrey changed the title of Sir Topham Hatt in his Thomas the Tank Engine stories from the fat director to the fat controller. And G, the 6th century British churchman. That was Gildas, sometimes known as Gildas the Wise. He wrote the only known near-contemporary record of immediately post-Roman Britain, in which he condemned his religious and secular contemporaries for the disastrous state sub-Roman Britain found itself after the Roman withdrawal. And H, the man who had the famous pallbearers. That man was a very well-known writer, Thomas Hardy. That group of people were all pallbearers at his funeral when he died on 11th of January 1928. The funeral was controversial as his family and friends wanted him to be interred with his first wife at Stinsford but his executor insisted that instead he be buried at Poet's Corner in the Abbey. In the end, his heart was buried at Stinsford and his ashes placed in Poet's Corner. And I, the book where we first hear Wars of the Roses. The first reference to the warring parties being represented by red and white roses occurs in Shakespeare's Henry VI Part 1 where Plantagenet and Somerset pluck white and red roses respectively. But the name was actually coined by Sir Walter Scott in his 1890 novel, Ivanhoe. And finally in this section, J, the man behind New York. Well, following the British takeover of New York from the Dutch, James, Duke of York and later James II, had the province and the city named after him. Also, Fort Orange was renamed Albany, after James's other title, the Duke of Albany. And to this day, that remains the name of the state capital. Nell Gwynn called him Dismal Jimmy. Right, I hope you're coping. Let's move on to the next block of five.
1: K, which K was hanged for piracy and murder at Execution Dock on the 23rd of May 1701? And L, which L declined the job of Poet Laureate on John Betjeman's death? And M, which Sporting Lord M chose the bonnet figurine for Rolls-Royce cars? N, which N revolutionized the world of mathematics and introduced the legend Dekes et Tutamen on the edge of our coins?
0: This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Visit betterhelp.com/slash history extra today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H E L P.com/slash history extra.
1: And finally, O, which O was the codename for the Allied invasion of Western Europe in 1944? <music> so let's go back. K, which
2: K was hanged for piracy and murder in 1701? Captain William Kidd who was perhaps the most famous pirate hanged in London. Although the evidence that he was ever actually a pirate is disputed, as he operated under a letter of marque as a privateer. And L, the declining poet. Philip Larkin was asked at Betjeman's memorial service in 1984 whether he would take the job, but he refused, considering himself to no longer be a serious writer of poetry.
1: OK, let's think about M, the sporting lord
2: who chose the bonnet for the Rolls-Royce. That M was Lord Montague who suggested to Rolls-Royce that they should have a bonnet mascot and also suggested a sculptor. The model also had a link to him being Eleanor Thornton, his secretary and mistress. And N, the revolutionary mathematician and coin expert. That was Isaac Newton who was master of the mint for 27 years from 1700 to 1727. He took an active role in reforming British coinage to frustrate the work of clippers who removed silver from the edge of real coins, and coiners who minted fakes. One of Newton's innovations was a desus et tutamen legend, which is still found on the edge of some £1 coins. OK, what about O, the codename for the Allied invasion of Western Europe? Well, I'm sure quite a lot of you got this. That was Overlord, the operation to invade Western Europe by the Allies. The crossword compiler for the Daily Telegraph, Leonard Daw, was arrested four days before the Allies landed in Normandy in 1944. And that was because he'd used the word Utah, the codename for one of the landing sites, in a puzzle, published on May 2nd, 1944. Subsequent puzzles included the words Omaha and Mulberry, the highly secret artificial harbours, and on June the 2nd, just four days before the invasion, the puzzle included both the words Neptune, the naval operations plan, and Overlord. But nothing was ever proved. Right, for the next five, question P.
1: Which P was the name of a famous missing link hoax supposedly discovered by Charles Dawson? Q. Which Q endorsed a 19th century sporting code which still bears his name? And R. Which children's novelist, beginning with R, was inspired to write a story about young sailors whilst on a yacht with his MI6 handler? S. What S did the British surrender to Lieutenant General Tomoyuki Yamashita on February 15th 1942? And tea, what tea ate Hannah Twynoy as she sat sitting quietly in a pub in Malmesbury in 1703? (music) Right, back to P, the, uh,
2: the famous missing link hoax. What's the answer, Rob? The answer is Piltdown Man, which was supposedly the missing link between humans and apes, and it was found in 1912 in a gravel pit at Piltdown in East Sussex. By natural fact, the skull was manufactured from an orangutan's lower jawbone and a modern human skull. The hoax was not exposed until 1953. OK, Q, the 19th century sporting man. Well, as Boxing Day is coming up, this is quite appropriate. It was John Douglas, the 9th Marcus of Queensbury, who gave his name to the boxing rules that we still use. In 1866, he was one of the founder members of the Amateur Athletic Club, which the following year published a set of 12 rules for conducting boxing matches. The rules were actually compiled by John Graham Chambers, but appeared under the Marcus's patronage.
1: OK, and R, the children's novelist and double
2: agent. That was Arthur Ransome, a friend of both Lenin and Trotsky, who actually eventually married Trotsky's secretary. He also led a double life as an agent for MI6, reporting on the Russian Revolution. Sadly, MI6 never actually told MI5 about this, and they had him marked down as a Russian spy.
1: Okay, yes, the place that the British surrendered in 1942?
2: That place was Singapore, surrendered to Yamashita after a battle lasting from the 31st of January until the 15th of February 1942. That was the largest surrender of British-led military personnel in history. About 80,000 British, Australian and Indian troops became prisoners of war, joining 50,000 taken by the Japanese in the Malayan campaign. Winston Churchill called the ignominious fall of Singapore to the Japanese the worst disaster and largest capitulation in British history.
1: Okay, and T, the surprising denizen of a Wiltshire town.
2: Yep, Hannah Twynoi was enjoying a quiet drink in the pub after a day at the travelling fair. As the fair packed up, its prize exhibit, a tiger, escaped and ran into the pub where it ate the very surprised Hannah. The event is immortalised in verse on her tombstone, and I seem to remember that was one of the contenders in our gravestones competition a couple of years ago. It was, Rob.
1: Quite right. Okay, let's move on to the next block of five. And we've got U, according to the Arthur legend, which U was the father of King Arthur? V, which V, later a Roman emperor, took part in the Claudian invasion of Britain? W, what W was Elizabeth I's nickname for Sir Walter Raleigh? X. Which X is the location for a fragmentary poem by Samuel Taylor Coleridge, which he failed to finish, having been interrupted by a person from Porlock? And Y. Which Y was the pagan Viking festival held around Christmas time? Okay, let's recap then. So we've got you,
2: the Arthurian king. Uther Pendragon was Arthur's father. Uther first appears in some early Welsh poetry, but received his first major biography in Geoffrey of Monmouth's history. According to the legend, Uther, with Merlin's help, tricks the wife of his enemy Gorloi, Lady Igraine, into sleeping with him and conceiving Arthur on the very night Uther's army destroys Gorloi. Okay, V, the man who became a Roman emperor. Titus Flavius Vespasianus, known as Vespasian. was legate of Legio II Augusta during the Roman invasion of Britain, and he distinguished himself under the overall command of Aulus Plautius. After participating in crucial early battles on the rivers Medway and Thames, he was sent to reduce the southwest, penetrating through the modern counties of Hampshire, Wiltshire, Dorset, Somerset, Devon and Cornwall. He subdued the hostile Duratrigues and Dumnonii tribes, captured 20 opida, which were towns, or more probably hill forts, including Hod Hill and Maiden Castle in Dorset, and finally invaded Vectis, which is now the Isle of Wight. OK, W, the nickname for Walter Raleigh. Well, Elizabeth I gently mocked Sir Walter's accent by calling him Water, and that was also a reference to his love of the sea. Others at court were less gentle, and he was widely ridiculed for not trying to mask his West Country accent. And X, where... Coleridge placed his poem That X was Xanadu, the summer capital of Kublai Khan, the setting for Coleridge's poem. He was in mid-flow in the work when the person from Poldock who has never been identified, arrived and roused him from his reverie, leaving the piece unfinished and Coleridge never returned to it. And then why the pagan Viking festival held around about this time Well, you might be able to guess from the why. it's Yul or Yol, a Viking festival that took place around midwinter. And one of the few glimpses we have of this festival is preserved in the court records of the early 10th century Byzantine emperor Constantine VII. These show how one Christmas, the emperor, who had extensive trading links with Scandinavia, invited a party of these pagans to entertain him during the holiday. And how two companies danced in a ring, striking their shields with sticks and shouting, "Yol, yol, yol. And in each company, two men were dressed in furs and masks.
1: Okay, now inconveniently the alphabet doesn't divide into five, so we're left with one final question, and that's Z. So, Z, which Z is a coronation anthem written by Handel for George II's coronation and used every coronation since? So, let's go back to Z. And, Rob, what was the coronation anthem?
2: Okay, well, perhaps this will be some of your 26 out of 26. So, for the last answer, Zadok the Priest was one of four anthems commissioned for the coronation of George II from Handel. And it's still used in modern coronations as well.
1: Okay, so that's it. I hope you enjoyed the quiz. I hope it's got you in the festive spirit. And I do hope you'll continue listening to the podcast through 2011. So, finally, thanks for listening. And of course, let me wish you a happy Christmas and a prosperous new year.